We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Monday, June the 1st, 2020. On today's show, we continue along with the 2020 opponent preview series. Today, we are breaking down the Texas A&M Aggies. I'll talk about the matchup with Texas A&M, including their head coach, how A&M fared in 2019, their best returning players on offense and defense, give my overall outlook for the Aggies, the game itself when the Gamecocks and Aggies square off at Williams-Brice Stadium, and much, much more. Also, your listener questions. we got a lot to get to on a packed Monday edition of the Spurs Up Show, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. Go down the SeatGeek app, go to SeatGeek.com, use the promo code SPURSUP, you're going to save $20 off your first purchase. Guys, sports are coming back. I know the world is in a crazy spot right now, but sports slowly but surely are coming back. We all have our fingers crossed for college football, whatever it may be when everything resumed as normal. Concerts, comedy club events, pro sports, South Carolina sports, any other college sporting event. When you need your tickets, SeatGeek is the way to go. they got a great ticket rating system, which rates the tickets for you based on the type of deal you're getting, guys. So never again do you have to worry about scalping. You have to worry about, oh, am I overpaying for my tickets? Am I getting the best bang for my buck? What did the person next to me pay for, right? Because that's the worst thing when you're talking to somebody at a game and, you know, you tell them, oh, I paid 150 for this ticket. And they're like, oh, well, I paid 50 And you're like, what did I do wrong, right? With SeatGeek, that's never going to happen again. They really are changing the game when it comes to ticket buying. So, again, that's our friends at SeatGeek. Go down the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP, that's S-P-R-S-U-P, to save $20 off your first purchase. Let's get it. show as always appreciate you guys tuning in have a packed show we're getting back on it getting back to the opponent preview series we are talking texas a&m south kind of looking to snap their six game losing streak to the aggies and the two teams face off this fall before we get into everything hope you guys are having a fantastic monday i want to say really quickly um you know i put a statement out on social media and i'm not i'm really not going to talk about it and dive into it deep but Man, I mean, I just woke up, you know, on Monday, on this Monday. The world is in a very weird, scary, crazy place. Um, you know, I am, you know, again, I'm not going to dive into it. I put out a statement on social media because I felt like I needed to say something because I, I have a lot of friends and a lot of people that, 
you guys have heard on this show that are people that, you know, we all know people in our lives that are being directly impacted. You know, I, I'm, I'm a middle-class white male. Like I can never relate to what is going on fully. You know what I mean? But this is a fight against, you know, injustice in the country and just things that are happening that need to change. I don't think there's any question things that need change, but again, I don't want to dive into it, but it's just, it's, it's crazy. Like what's happening in the world, what's happened in 2020 is like low key scary. Um, you know, I know a lot of you are probably like me in the sense of, you know, as bad as it sounds, I miss sports simply for the distraction. Like, you know, (laughs) sports is like that beautiful thing that gave us all a distraction from real life. And, you know, it's funny. I think right now, with everything going on for a lot of people, sports is an afterthought, but you know, I'm going to continue to obviously do what I do. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. I hope that maybe this show and the content that, you know, I produce that we produce on the Spurs up show can be somewhat of a distraction from all. It feels like all the negativity going on and all the, the turmoil that we have going on in this country. And again, if, if you know anything about me, which a lot of you may not know this about me, I'm like the least political person you'd ever meet. I'm a sports guy. Like I don't try to pretend that I'm like some, you know, whatever, that I'm some political person. I'm not personally. And you're never going to hear me dive into it, especially on these airwaves. I mean, if you follow me on social media, you see, I never tweet about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, really just take care of yours, stay safe, stay healthy. Obviously, I mean, the, the quote unquote pandemic still going on, but you know, with everything else going on, um, I don't know. These are just crazy times. You know what I mean? This, this, this is a weird, crazy time to be alive. Like, I mean, it, it's, it's unprecedented, like what we're going through. And I mean, I just, again, woke up on this Monday, just, man, I mean, I know, I know we've all seen the, the footage on social media. And again, I'm not going to get into it. I put a statement out on social media and, you know, obviously my heart is with those people. Um, and I, I think we all just want, we all just want to be able to go outside and feel safe and feel happy and, you know, have peace of mind every day. And I don't know, this is just an unprecedented time we're living in, man. So, I mean, I, again, I hope that this show and that there's obviously other content, sports content right now going on, but hopefully that can provide us somewhat as a, of a distraction for all of us. Cause Lord knows we all need a distraction right now. We all need a distraction from the chaos that is ensuing. That's exactly what I'm going to give you guys. So again, we're going to get in the show before we get into everything. If you have not done so, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Go leave five stars. Go leave a review. What things you like, things you dislike. Um, whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, does not matter the outlet. Please be sure to go leave a review. Um, again, if you have any feedback, things you want to see change, things you want to see added, things that you really like about the show that you just want to let me know. I certainly do appreciate it. For all those that have left reviews, Thank you so much. It helps boost up the podcast, helps other people that maybe haven't heard of the show, helps them find it. Um, And also be sure to be subscribed. Hammer the subscribe button. The daily podcasts are back. We are dropping Monday through Friday. We are full go in regards to off-season football content. So you want to be sure that you're getting those daily notifications when the podcast drops. So hit that subscribe button. Go leave five stars for the podcast. Really, really do appreciate you guys, all the love, support, it means much more than you could ever know. Um, all right, let's dive into it. Continuing along with the 2020 opponent preview series today, we are breaking down the Texas A&M Aggies. Yes, South Carolina facing A&M. Coming off of the bye week, by the way, because you know we talked about the Tennessee game. South Carolina has their bye week right in the middle of the season. You play your first six games, then you have a bye on the 17th that weekend. 
Then the next weekend, the 24th, is the game with Texas A&M. Saturday, October 24th at Williams-Brice Stadium. All-time series record we know. South Carolina's never beaten these guys. A&M leads 6-0. and Gamecocks will be looking to snap that six-game losing streak this fall. The last meeting, obviously, was last year when A&M, you know, for lack of a better word, took South Carolina to the woodshed. 30-6 to was the final score last season. Gamecocks, if you guys remember, lost Brian Edwards like two hours before kickoff. He was deemed to be out of the game. Um, seemed to be an injury that South Carolina kind of kept under wraps all week. Brian Edwards was out, and I remember getting that notification on my phone and thinking to myself, we have absolutely no chance to win this football game. And A&M wasn't world beaters last year necessarily. I mean, they went 8-5, and 4-4 four and four in the SEC. Weren't world beaters, but at their place, a team you had never beaten, a freshman quarterback, a hobbled freshman quarterback at that. Ryan Holinsky was as banged up as ever in that game at that point. So, yeah, I mean, South Carolina just really had – the odds were not good, put it that way, and they lost 30-6. to six. Um, Diving into Texas A&M a little bit, their head coach, obviously, Jimbo Fisher, going into his third season – 17-9 and nine is their head coach. The big question this year, which I'm going to dive into just a little bit, is can Jimbo Fisher get Texas A&M over that hump? Can he elevate them to that next level and get them to that next step? Because, again, you guys know the amount of money he's making is absurd. The amount of money that's poured in that Texas A&M program is crazy. Aggie fans are expecting – Nat, like really national championship type results or at least getting to the SEC title game this third season is going to be a pivotal one in my opinion for Jimbo Fisher again not that he's on the hot seat or anything but I think Aggie fans are more than ready to see this team take that next step and this might be the season to do it again I'm going to dive in that to and dive into that a little more in just a second here you look at how Texas A&M fared in 2019 again like I said went in eight and five um, four and four in the SEC, so not a bad year, not a great year. Um, we'll go game by game here. Eight and five, four and four in the SEC. They beat Texas State open the year. Obviously had that huge matchup with Clemson week two at Clemson. Thought they gave them a pretty good game. Lost 24 to 10, though, but gave them a pretty good game throughout that one. Just could get nothing going on offense. They then beat Lamar the next week. Lost against Auburn at home. That was a tough loss, 28 to 20. Beat Arkansas, lost to Alabama 47-28 October the 12th. Then won at Ole Miss, beat Mississippi State, beat UTSA, beat South Carolina. Lost at Georgia 19-13 in a really good one. And then their season ended on a really sour note in the regular season at least. Lost at LSU 50-7, which listen, LSU was a machine, but 50-7. to They got absolutely smoked. Um, let's see. Oh, oh, excuse me, in their bowl game. The Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl. A&M beat Oklahoma State 24-21 to to get their eighth win to finish 8-5. and So, a so-so season, if you will. Nothing really stands out. Nothing great. I don't think there's really – and what would you say the best win was for them? I mean, you know, they throttled South Carolina. I mean, I, they don't – they didn't really have a great win last year. I mean – Ole Miss wasn't good. I mean, you beat Mississippi State by 19. Um, you know, obviously 30 to 6 over Carolina. I mean, beating Oklahoma State was a really good win. But if you take away the bowl game, there weren't like a lot of flashy wins. I mean, their big four games, Clemson, Auburn, Bama, and well, and then Georgia and LSU. Because remember, they had the second toughest schedule in the country, right? Their schedule was ranked the second toughest in the country behind South Carolina's. It was really like a toss-up who had the toughest schedule in the country. So, 
I guess when you factor that in, just how tough the schedule was, A&M fared pretty well. But again, those Aggie faithful are ready to see this team compete for the SEC West. So again, losing by 43 to LSU, losing by 19 to Alabama, losing to an Auburn team that was very beatable last year with a freshman quarterback. A&M fans are asking themselves, when are we going to see more? Um, you take a look at the best returning players on offense and defense. We'll start offensively. Now, I, I'm starting with the guy in your center. Quarterback Kellen Mond, the senior, 2,897 passing yards a season ago, 20 touchdowns, nine interceptions, had 501 rushing yards and eight touchdowns to his credit as well. Kellen Mond is a guy that I really thought would have a much better year last year. I mean, again, was he terrible? No. But he wasn't great either. I really thought going into last year, I was like, I like Kellen Mond's game a lot. I like his game a lot. If you guys remember, you remember the, uh, what was it? It was his sophomore year when they took Clemson to the wire and he had a great game. And I thought the kid showed a lot of moxie. And I was like, that's what you want in your starting quarterback. That's the type of dude you want is the moxie that Kellen Mond showed again as a sophomore against at that time, the best team in the entire country. Um, again, last year, just under 3,000 yards, but 20 TDs, nine picks, I don't think is exactly what everybody thought he was going to do, um, especially in year two of the Jimbo Fisher scheme. Again, 500 rushing yards as well, eight touchdowns. We know he's a dual-threat guy. He can do it through the air. He can do it on the ground. This is the make-or-break year in the sense for Kellen Mond. I mean, literally, it's a senior year. But, um, you know, going into his fourth year, 52 career touchdown passes, almost 8,000 yards. Um, he was very accurate last year, um, but I think this is going to be a really interesting season for can Kellen Mond take the next step? I mean, you look at the SEC West, he might be the best returning quarterback in the West. Um, you know, Bama's going to have a new quarterback. LSU's going to have a new quarterback. You know, Auburn brings back Bo Nix, but would you really put Bo Nix ahead of Kellen Mond? I don't think so. He's definitely one of the leading signal callers in the SEC. Now, will it be the type of year for him where he'll take the jump from solid SEC quarterback to a great, to an SEC great, a Texas A&M great, if you will? I think that'll be a really interesting question, but by far to me, they've also got a really nice piece on the outside. Jamon Osmond, Isaiah Spiller at running back as well. They've got some nice pieces on the offensive side, but to me, it all starts with Kellamon. If Kellamon doesn't have a an above-average season, they're not going to have the type of season they want. Just bottom line. It's just not going to happen. This offense revolves – this team, to me, revolves around the performance of Kellen Mond, the senior. Uh, best returning player on defense. I'm going with linebacker Buddy Johnson, the senior. Buddy Johnson, their leading returning tackler. <clears throat> excuse me. 77 stops a season ago. Really, really good player for them. He's a guy, 6'2", 230, that is just a playmaker in the middle. This A&M team, by the way, really good linebacking core. They've got him. Anthony Hines is another really good one. I think he had like 11 and a half tackles for loss last year. Buddy Johnson had nine and a half tackles for loss, had a sack. This is a good defense. They, got, they lost a lot, but they have a lot of talent on the defensive side. Buddy Johnson. Think of Buddy Johnson, in my opinion, as like that T.J. Brunson type dude. Is he flashy necessarily? No, but he's that stopper for you in the middle. He is your leader in the middle. Buddy Johnson is that dude for this Texas A&M defense. When you take a look at A&M overall, their overall outlook for the 2020 season, you know, just looking at their schedule, and I'll go through it here really quickly. 
looking at their schedule, if you guys, by the way, have ever used the Texas A&M website, it is trash. Buttons clicking randomly everywhere. You're trying to like, I'm like trying to click. Here we go. I'm trying to click on the schedule and it won't let me do it. Here we go. 2020 schedule. When you take a look at their schedule, this schedule sets up beautifully (laughs) for a fast start for the Aggies. You start out, first three games are at home. Abilene Christian, North Texas, and Colorado. That should be 3-0. Then in the Southwest Classic in Arlington, you go face Arkansas. Arkansas, not very good. In my opinion, you should start 4-0. At Mississippi State, what does Mississippi State have in a first-year head coach? Give me 5-0. Fresno State at home, give me 6-0. Realistically, in my opinion, A&M should be a 6-0 team going into the road matchup October 17th at Auburn. They should be 6-0, which would set up, obviously, for a huge huge game on the Plains. I think one thing that's interesting about the South Carolina matchup, by the way, it falls the week after the Auburn game. Um, so it's like, could there be a little bit of a letdown effect that could play in the South Carolina's favor? Meanwhile, the Gamecocks have a bye week before this game. So how much does that impact what goes on? But again, you have those first six games, then A&M goes on the road at Auburn at South Carolina. They return home, Ole Miss and Vanderbilt and then at Alabama, and then LSU at home to close the season. I see nine wins at least on that schedule. I I mean, I really do. I mean, who are they going to lose to? Their three toughest games are LSU, Alabama, and Auburn. Outside of that, A&M is probably a favorite in every game. No question. And depending on how the season goes for Auburn, they might be a favorite at Jordan here. I highly doubt it, but it's not impossible. And then, again, you're facing Alabama and LSU to end the season, which, I mean, is a brutal back-to-back. There's no question. But both teams breaking in new quarterbacks. I know Mac Jones is good at Alabama. I ex- Listen, I expect Alabama to be Alabama. What is LSU going to be, though, after they lost so much from last year's team? So, this year, honestly, sets up for A&M. I understand where A&M fans are coming from. Like, this – sets up their schedule is very very favorable in my opinion again I think less than a I mean I say less than a five and one start by dude if you don't start six and oh you're a pretender there's I mean the first two are gimmies Colorado I don't want to call it a gimme but it should be a win Arkansas should be a win they're not good at Mississippi State Starkville's a scary place to play but A&M's a better team should win Fresno State win there's no question so they should be starting six and zero. I've got them. <clears throat> I've got AM, like I said, nine and three, um, and that's really worst case. I mean, I think this could be a ten and two team. I think at Auburn or the LSU game, very winnable. But this could set up to be a really, really special year for AM. That's one of my questions for the overall outlook for Texas AM. Is this the year? Is this the year that AM takes the next step and sort of shocks, quote unquote, shocks the SEC West, if you will? Again, Texas A&M has been knocking on that door, knocking on that door. You know, we all hear this is a program. They put so much money into their football program. They have these expectations. You know, obviously they went and hired Jimbo Fisher for obvious reasons to get to that point, to win a national championship, to win the SEC championship. Again, is this the year that they break out in the SEC West? I saw an article a few weeks ago, somebody trying to say that maybe A&M is this year's LSU. Now, I think that's bold. I think that's pretty bold, but, you know, maybe. 
Maybe. You never know. A&M has the pieces. They got a lot to replace on defense. I think that's going to be their biggest question. But is this the year that maybe A&M takes advantage of a quote-unquote down SEC West? I don't know that the SEC West quite has the star power. You know what I'm saying? That it's had the past couple of years. I mean, again, there's a lot of questions surrounding the best teams, surrounding especially like LSU. I mean, I don't know what to think of LSU. I mean, they have a lot of talent. I don't expect LSU to fall off a ton. There's no way they can be as good as they were last year. Alabama, they looked very mortal last year. Like, I mean, listen, I, I don't, I don't uh, deny or debate at all that Matt Jones probably isn't some five-star recruit, and, but he's not Tua. I mean, he, he's not Tua. And, again, don't sleep on Alabama. Don't sleep on Nick Saban. But – and then Auburn, Auburn is so just unpredictable with Gus Malzahn. I like Bo Nix as a quarterback, but they're so unpredictable. This really might be the year for A&M to, to break out. This might be their best chance. This might be the best chance A&M has had or maybe will ever have to take advantage and win the SEC West. I talked about earlier, in the, you know, I talked about earlier, one of the big questions this season, Kellen Mond. Does he take the next step for Texas A&M? Again, if they're going to have that type of season, if they're going to have the type of breakout season I'm talking about, Kellen Mond has to be the guy for them. He has to. You're going to have to see Mond throw for over 3,000 yards. You're going to have to see him throw for probably 27, 28 touchdowns. Probably keep the interceptions to single digits again. And similar rushing numbers, 500, 600 rushing yards. Maybe double-digit touchdowns. He's going to have to be the dude. He's going to have to. I mean, this, this you know, college football, say what you want. I mean, listen, defense wins championships, yes, but it comes down to quarterback play. If you don't have the guy in your center, <clears throat> you're not going to be an elite. You're not going to beat the elites. You're going to, you have to have the guy. So, can Kellen Mond take the next step and be that guy? As far as this game for South Carolina and this, this A&M-South Carolina matchup, Again, Gamecocks looking to break a six-game losing streak. A&M looking to make it seven in a row. Now, listen, there's, a lot, there's been a lot of streaks going on with South Carolina. I mean, especially going into last year because you still had the Kentucky and the Georgia streaks going. Obviously, those two were snapped. Right now, you still have – you've lost six in a row to Clemson and you've lost, you've lost six in a row to A&M. Now, I would not compare the A&M streak to the Kentucky streak, obviously, because, I mean, listen, nobody in their right mind is sitting here debating that it's as bad, right? Like, A&M is a much, much better program. Um, much better program. There's no doubt. Much better program. So, I mean, it's not on the same level. But I think breaking the streak is very important for South Carolina because here's the thing. The streak to Clemson. Clemson's been the number one team in the country. They've won national championships. I think the most maddening thing about this A&M streak is that you've been in almost every game. Outside of last year, which is just a beatdown, you've been in and had a chance to win pretty much every game. Especially a few that I can think of off the top of my head. 2017, you should have won. 2018 at home, you probably should have won. You know, so, I mean, there have been your chances. I think that's, again, what makes this streak so maddening. You know, listen, I don't – I will not be picking South Carolina to win this game in the preseason. I'll go ahead and just tell you that off the bat. 
And South Carolina will not be favored. You know, unless something crazy happens and the Gamecocks are like, what, five and one? Maybe if they're four and two. But just realistically, they will not be favored. But, man, like, I just think for the direction, the progress of the program, like, these type of streaks need to end. They just need to end. This is a monkey you need to get off your back. Is it going to break the pro- the program if you don't win this game? No. No, not necessarily. But, again, I, I just feel like it's a weight right now on the program to have this streak going on. Again, nobody's comparing it to the Kentucky streak or anything like that, but – you know, I think it's an indictment on the program. The fact that you've lost them six years in a row. And again, they're not all under Muschamp, so I'm not even beating up Muschamp for this. I mean, hell, it started under Spurrier when you got blown out on Thursday night to open up SEC Network. We all remember that game. Hell, I was in the stadium for that one. Ugly. The legend of Kenny Trill. <laughs> I mean, I'm absurd. So, you're not going to be favored in this one. I don't think... Many, if anybody, is are going to be picking South Carolina to win this game. But I do think breaking the streak is important because you don't want these type of streaks to live on. You just don't. Again, six years in a row. You would think South Carolina would have gotten lucky one year and just pull one out of their ass. But they haven't. So, you know, I, I think – and I think that – you know what I think this will be? I think this will be one of those games – That'll be a really good, and you're going to have tests before this, obviously, but this will be a really good measuring stick type of game for the program. I do. I do. Because does A&M have more talent than you? Yes. I mean, yes, they do. Um, But do I think that A&M is like that? Are they in that much better of a spot than South Carolina as far as as program-wise? Like, I don't see them being that much farther ahead. You know what I mean? I don't see that. I, like, I think they're better. I'm not, I'm not trying to take away credit from them, but I don't think they're that much better of a program than South Carolina. And I think you have the opportunity to establish that fact and to make a statement saying, hey, we're not as far off as people may think if you can win a game like this. And again, at home, you got to win your home games. At home, can you finally snap the streak? And like I said, kind of just make that statement. This will be a great measuring stick type of game. Where are you as a program? Where are you as a program? So, I think it will be a really interesting game. These, Like I said, outside of last year, these games have been really intriguing, really, really interesting. I'll be excited and fired up to see what happens this year at williams Price for sure. So, all right, let's dive into some listener questions. I actually have a few off Facebook I want to read really quickly. Um, <clears throat> this one comes from Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith says, do you think Ryan Holinsky and the offense will play a lot better than last year under Mike Bobo as the new offensive coordinator? Um, I'll say yes. I think the scheme will be different. I think we're going to run the football a lot more. Like, I think the run is going to be the bread and butter of the offense. I think you're going to see a 60-40 running attack. I- I'd be shocked if you don't. So, you know, you hired the guy for the offense to be better. Do I expect it to be better? Yes. I mean, it better be. That's what he was hired for. So, I mean, I expect it to be better. Yes, for sure. Uh, Savannah Webster. My question is, are we ever going to beat these dudes? I really want this streak snapped. We haven't forgotten about 2014. Yeah. No, listen, it's it's a maddening streak. Because like I said, it's not like losing to Clemson where – I mean, listen, that one's maddening for obvious reasons because we hate Clemson. But 
Nobody's sitting here denying how good Clemson is. Nobody. But A&M, have they really been – I mean, are these guys really world beaters where you should have lost six in a row to them? I don't think so. That, to me, is what's maddening about the losing streak. Um, a few more here. A few more listener questions. Here's a fun one. Peyton Muller, 16. As a pitcher, how many times could you make it through the 2011 College World Series lineup? And you're talking about me, obviously, being a former pitcher in college. <laughs> um, I could make it through the lineup one full time. Now, how many hits and runs would I give up? That's a whole different story. I'm probably giving up four or five runs, if we're being honest, for sure. Yeah. That lineup was nasty. Was nasty. I mean, you're talking, you know, JBJ, Christian Walker, Adam Matthews, Scott Wingo, um, Adrian Morales, Peter Mooney, uh, Jake Williams, Robert Berry, Marzilli still on that team. Like, that was a nasty team. Like, that team was filthy. So, and that lineup was absurd, one through nine. So, I'm getting through the lineup one full time. I have no problem with that. But how many runs and hits am I giving up? I'm probably chain-jumping them to death. I'm off-speeding those guys to death. Like, period. Buzzing the occasional inside fastball, but I'm, I'm off-speeding those guys to death. But, yeah, I'm probably getting hit around. No question. Probably getting hit around. Those guys are pretty good. <laughs> um, Thomas underscore Brady underscore H. Was Jimbo Fisher a good hire for them? Because he's getting paid Nick Saban money. I mean, I think so. You know, a guy that won a national championship, I think that's a pretty good hire. Like, I, I don't think Nick Saban – or, excuse me, Jimbo Fisher – was a bad hire. No, I think he was a good hire for sure. So, will it pan out for them the way, like, what they're paying? We'll see. But also, when you're Jimbo Fisher and you've won a national title, you can get that kind of money. Like, you can ask for that kind of money. You know, the, 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 the pay, the, the money is different for coaches that have won national championships. Like, it just is. It's different. So, I think he's worth the money, but will it pan out for A&M is the question. I don't know. Uh, Thomas underscore Wade. Texas A&M is a dark horse every year in the SEC. Give me one dark horse for each Power 5 conference. So, going to be tough for me to give you each Power 5 because, honestly, I don't like I don't follow the Pac-12 closely enough to tell you who the dark horse is. Um, I think A&M – the interesting, interesting thing about A&M, I'm sure A&M fans get so sick of this – they are always the popular pick to be the dark horse. I think the reason is because you look at Texas A&M as a program, you're like, why wouldn't they win? They have unbelievable fan support. Their boosters give an unbelievable, unbelievable amount of money. They have fantastic facilities. They recruit at a high level. They have Jimbo Fisher. I talked about their facilities, but they have an immaculate stadium, an unbelievable stadium. So it's like it makes them the sexy pick. You know what I mean? Like it, it makes them a sexy pick. But I'm sure A&M fans get tired of hearing about it because it's like every year they're picked to be this dark horse, quote unquote, and it, it doesn't feel like they fit the bill necessarily. So I don't know. We'll see if this is the year for them. I, I don't know that I'd even label them a dark horse this year. I think they're just a contender. Like will, will they fall flat on their face? I mean, maybe. A&M's done that before, but I don't look at them as like they're a sleeper. Like, no, they're just – they're good. Like, I think A&M's going to be good. I think A&M will be really good this year. 
Uh, last question. I am Kale. Do you think Kilimon and A&M will take the next step? Yeah, I mean, that's what I've been talking about the entire show. I mean, it's, that's the million-dollar question, Kale. I appreciate the question. That, that's the million-dollar question. Will they take the next step? Is this the year Texas A&M takes the next step? Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be very, very interesting to see. You know, I think that um, Kellen Mond's got to be the guy that takes the next step for them. They've got pieces. I mean, they, they have talent. But will Kellen Mond elevate his level of play to take them to the next level? That, to me, is what it's really going to come down to. So, we'll see. We'll see. It, it'll be very interesting. Because, again, I, I think they're a dark horse to win the West. And I, I think the West – it, the SEC West is as wide open as it's ever been. I really do. I think it's 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 who knows, who knows what's going to happen in the SEC West this year. So appreciate you guys tuning in, guys. A lot of fun. I'm really happy we're talking football. Um, like I said at the beginning of the show, everybody stay healthy, stay safe, take care of those you love. Um, yeah, appreciate you guys tuning in. Packed Monday show episode 252 in the books. Uh, we'll have an interview tomorrow, get back after on Wednesday with the Vanderbilt game. We'll dive into Vandy, um, and then we'll go throughout the rest of the week. So appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope everybody has a fantastic Monday, and we will talk to you tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.